to the Center in the Saint. I'm Melissa Bell. And I'm Allison Kane. So uh, we are trying to get through this episode. Both of us have to pee, and we were talking about what makes us edgy. Okay? <laughs> she said, oh, I'm going to hold it because I think it makes me a little edgy. <laughs> and if you're a man, please cover your ears because my response was, oh my gosh, like wearing a thong makes me edgy. And I don't even realize it's the thong because I wear it with my workout pants. But oh. mid, like almost halfway through the day, I'm like, Oh my, I'm an angry person because that thong is just not in a good place. And it's edgy. It's Literally. edgy. <laughs> That's why I do not wear them. So when you work out? TMI. Okay, TMI. No. no, never, 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 never. Not since college. Okay, so yeah. Anyway. I think it's great for all you people that do, but no. I just don't want granny panty lines. And also I just don't want to be free because like to me... Oh no, that spandex is gonna go places I do not want spandex. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. She's like, no. I I just I can't do it, people. I have friends that will actually okay, here's another thing. Going on a long run, I can't go very long because I have to go to the bathroom. I've had three children. I've birthed three children, so I have to pee, right? <laughs> My friend's like, oh, I just pee while I'm running. I'm like, what? Yeah, the pants just soak it up. Uh no. What? Negative ghostwriter. I cannot do that. Really? Yes. Okay, I have never heard that. Now, I am not a runner, but I would pop a squat in the woods and dry off with a leaf <laughs> before I peed on myself. Now you know why you're not a runner, because you don't want that soaking up your, your pants, soaking up your pee. Oh my gosh. What? Yeah, we just pee while running and the pants dry. I was like, no. No. Y'all, I was raised by wolves, but I know better than to pee in your pants while you're running down the street. And if I do, it's an accident. I grew up Southern where you didn't leave the house without earrings on. (laughs) We definitely don't pee on ourselves. (laughs) On purpose. Right? Sometimes if we're laughing. Sometimes if you laugh, you may tinkle a little on yourself on accident. Uh, (laughs) Well, that went lots of places. Yes, yes, it did. Well, welcome to the show today. (laughs) You just never know what you're going to get. Good luck. (laughs) And now we're going to talk about being a Christian. (laughs) That does not pee on themselves. Or wear thongs. Oh, are thongs from the devil? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. I I mean, I think he created them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then the bras are from him, too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I mean, in my case, which is why I choose not to wear them, because they are, yes. Anyway, we're going down that road again. <laughs> I, y'all, I'm just staring blankly at her like, I don't know how we're going to get this back on the track. <laughs> hey, wow. thank you for listening today. All right, so here's our thing. Okay, we have a thing? True or false. Is it possible to be totally filled with the Holy Spirit and um, do just have incredible spiritual gifts? I mean, you may even be able to do miracles You may have this incredible ministry that serves, you know, hundreds of thousands or thousands or just hundreds, but this incredible ministry that serves those around you and maybe in other countries and not be a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to go with yes, that could totally be a thing because I feel like we experience that sometimes. Yeah. And maybe um, somebody starts out on the right path, but then they get too ahead of themselves or full of themselves and then it becomes no longer Christ-filled but them-filled or worse. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So true. So this really, this really hit me this week when I was um, reading 1 Corinthians 13. Wait, did I get the answer right? Yeah. Yes. It's true. Good job. (laughs) 
you must not have on your thongs today. I do not. Clearly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we all know that the, you know, that first Corinthians 13, the love is patient, love is kind, blah, 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 blah. Like overused in all the weddings, all the things. Oh, wait, my daughter's going to have that said in her wedding. I didn't, I suggested something else, but she's going to go with that. Well, it's very traditional. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, sometimes when things are overused, yeah. we, we just sort of swoop over them. And if you read right before that, okay, girl, uh huh, it, it's always fun to take something like that that is so just normal and regurgitated and overused, or whatever that might be a bad word, overused, very traditional, um, overused. and read before or after that brings so much insight. So little this context, is, little yes, context, exactly. Yeah. So verses one through three right before the love is patient part. It says, if I speak human or angelic languages, but do not have love, I am sounding, I am a sounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Mm. If I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so that I can move mountains, but do not have love, I have, I am nothing. And if I donate all my deeds and goods to feed the poor, and if I give my body in order to boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Okay. I was like, what? Okay, these are like really bold statements. Yes. That really, I think, go against the grain of the world. But we know Jesus was countercultural. So basically, Paul is saying, it means nothing. Anything you do or say or people you fix you know, making the world a better place, all the things, like, none of that really matters. If you're not loving people, because that's what the commandment was. Right. It is simply about showing, not not do those things, of course, but he's not saying don't do them, but you can do them and not know God or have him, the Holy Spirit living in you. It is simply for us about loving people the way God loves Remember that episode we talked about where there's so much heaven crammed into earth, on mm, earth? Mm -hmm. That's what this reminds me of. Like, if we're loving people, then what we're doing is we're giving them a glimpse of heaven and of God. Yeah, you know, I could see where um, somebody could say all the right things, um, but they don't do the right things. Right? This is kind of paying attention to the yeah. details and paying attention to the, um, not the bold writing, but the little script underneath, right? Mm -hmm. What's like, you know, when they say, hey, you can get five lines for your family for $20 a month, but then there's this little, what is that called? Oh, your little subscript? Yeah, your, sub your, your subtitles subscript. or your. Yeah, you need to like watch for those because we can all like, your end notes. Paint these huge grand gestures that make us look so put together, mm -hmm. so Christian, so wonderful. This is all for the glory of God, right? Yeah. But then when you read the subscript, actually. <laughs> it's, it's really was very convicting to me. It was convicting and it was challenging, which I love in scripture. Um, because... A, a conviction to me is kind of like a, a little wake-up call yes. in my spirit, right? Like, it is not about the doing because I'm a type A, I'm a doer. You know, like, you can s simply loving 
is enough. You I, know, I think because we should break that down for people. What does that look like? Loving people. Yeah, for some people that don't like people. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I can check a box, okay? <laughs> well, I think that you know it goes into that. What a little bit about what we talked about last week. It is kindness and it's humility and it's listening. And I think about all the way God loves me. And I feel as if the biggest way he loves me is his is his mm-hmm. presence mm-hmm. and his forgiveness and mm-hmm. unconditional like acceptance of me. As soon as you said I think about the way God loves me, it was it just like painted the whole picture for me. Because yes, I know mm-hmm. that I can just bring him all the things. Yeah. And he just sits there with me and lets me like Throw it up all over the place. And get a little angry about it sometimes. Uh-huh. And get a little sassy about it sometimes. A lot of times, yep. yeah. Uh-huh. Get a little sad about it sometimes. Yes. Like, we can take all the things to him. And I think this is also very, it was convicting, but it was also freeing. Yes. A freeing example of, it is just not about doing all these grand, giant, big things in life. It is just simply loving showing up showing up loving them and starting in our homes you know reaching out beyond to the people next door to the people that we meet in the target checkout line like it's a little freeing right i mean it's simply breaking out of what we've been talking about kind of in the past few podcasts about all these man-made rules about you must do this and you must check this box and make sure you have a scripture or else it is not legit yeah. <laughs> right i mean it, god is like this is it like all this stuff that's super fabulous but you got nothing if you're not showing love in those things right i remember that old series it was a book the left behind series dating myself I and have then no was, idea what you're talking about. It must be a Christian thing. It definitely was. They wrote a series of books basically on the rapture, the end of the world. Yes. And then they turned it into movies. Okay. Anyway, it they was... sound kind of scary. Well, Revelation, it yeah. can be a little scary. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I was protected as a child from that. Thank you very much. Also Jesus, but you know. <laughs> right. So I remember watching that as a young kid. And especially in the movie, because I wasn't a big reader then, but um, in the movie, there were all these, like God came and all the Christians went to, he took them all in the rapture to heaven. Like people just disappeared, like airline pot, like planes were flying, people were driving cars, were in the middle of surgeries. And if you're a Christian, like, dude, you just disappeared. Like to me, that is insane to think about and comprehend and it makes me never want to get on another airplane but right. i guess if actually the rapture hopefully i'm going with them so yeah. carry on just Sorry. another great reason to be a christian yes just in case your <laughs> airline pilot is also a christian exactly <laughs> um in case you needed another incentive but um <laughs> i just remembered it was so crazy because some of the people that were left behind were like pastors and um, mm-hmm. these amazing people in the community. And I like I don't remember specific it was a long time ago, but I just remember being so confused that there could be pastors and good people that had done great things that were still left on earth. And I'm like, I don't understand. Like this is weird. I did not understand as a child that this was a thing. Um, 
Well, if you're a pastor and you're not speaking truth from the pulpit, you are held accountable for all of those souls that you led in the wrong direction. If you are a Christian nonprofit ministry or you're working under that title and you're responsible for all the souls that are contributing all the funds to you, right? Mm. Or you're leading people into better ways of life, but you're not leading them to Christ. You're accountable for that. Mm. We're accountable for everyone that listens to this podcast. And if we're not pointing to God and if we're not pointing to Jesus, but we're pointing to ourselves or other things in this world, we are held accountable for that. And showing love. And showing love. Sorry, Mm. I got on that tangent about the pastors being left behind. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) You know, I just... This, again, I just, it kind of makes my mind explode as I think about all this because I feel, especially the world that we live in, it is all about the actions and the doing. And I think that guilt and shame and like insecurity and unworthiness can sort of pile in there because it's like, well, I'm not good enough to do that. And I can't really start a ministry. I can only volunteer at one I'm like that's great but you don't even have to do that I mean usually your great love for God causes you and trickles down into our actions which is the beauty of God right and our love for him and his love for us but the the concept that the world is just saying do 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 and it doesn't really matter the actions behind it uh-huh. is one that we can quickly get caught up in so I think I'm going to start asking myself, why, what is my motivation for doing this? Uh-huh. And is it one of love for others mm-hmm. or love of self or image or love of expectations being met? Girl, that is so good. All that, those people pleasers out there. Mm-hmm. That is so good because I have been doing this lately and you know what? It is very freeing. You have to always remind yourself, yeah, right, of why you're not partaking in that or why you're not choosing that. Because look, it's so fun and everyone else is doing it. But if I'm going, it's just to show them that I'm capable of doing that. And that's not what God calls us to do. God doesn't tell us to be capable. <laughs> right. He makes us capable. And it all starts, all this love, like you said, starts in your home. That's your first ministry. And then it just branches out from there, right? Maybe at your workplace or maybe in your neighborhood. And we, I think we so often get caught up into the trap that it's not enough, just even in our home and in our families. But you think about Jesus and his disciples. Like, yes, he shared love and he shared truth with crowds and thousands, right? But he truly loved on and, and spent time with 12 individuals, Yes. His people, right? And that is who he poured into and showed full on, in person, every day, in and out, day and night, this unconditional grace, love, forgiveness. And the way that those 12 went out and it trickled out through the centuries with those people, like we, I think we get caught up in thinking it has to be the multitudes versus these a few disciples that we make grand gestures and changes in, they have a greater effect on changing the world. A few people. 
Yes, I agree. Because, you know, it's the one-on-one, the intimate relationship, the showing up again and again, one-on-one with the love. That's the kind of relationship and love and um, example of Jesus that changes lives. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of example that breaks cycles, like generational cycles. It's not the one big message that the pastor spoke from the stage. Now, granted, that can spark something. Totally. But yes, it ends there because what do you go do with that? You forget easily. But it's that right. one-on-one relationship. You're sharing what you learn. I'm sharing what I learned from what I was reading, from the podcast I was listening to, from my quiet time, whatever. And the beauty of that is that it's not. Um, so he had Jesus had three years with these disciples. Can you imagine just three years? I mean. Well, think about how long we have with our kids. I know. <laughs> right? And I right. feel like, oh, I'm wasting so much time. Yes. But um, we also don't live together in the woods and travel on foot and everything. Thankfully. Uh, constantly. <laughs> but, you know, I love to think of it as we are touching the lives of when you have littles and young people, you know, young kids in your home. Those, that's our first, those are our first kind of disciples that we love on and God may give us a few more as well, like in a small group or something like that, or in our community or neighborhood, but then they revolve out and they become people. Hopefully as our prayer that they bring on people that they love on unconditionally the way God has loved them and they have seen us love them and they begin to touch more lives and more people, new people kind of come into our lives and they cycle in and they cycle out. And we are just sending these ripple effects mm-hmm. throughout the world. And it's nothing extraordinary. Right. It's, well, it's extraordinary love, which is hard to do. It's, oh, yeah. Y'all, it is hard to love like God does. Let's be honest. It would be easier to bake him a casserole and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Suddenly, I feel like I need to bake a casserole and I just mean, be done. I'm just it'd kidding. be easier for me to repaint their entire house for some people. Like, and I don't enjoy that. You know, like, it'd be easier for me to repaint the entire outside of their home than love them. Sometimes. So can you it give feels... me an action step or two for this week? Well, I would think... The first thing to do would maybe be identify some of those people. Obvious, the obvious people are inside our home, right? Identify those people in your life that God has sort of placed there that you feel as if he is saying, love one another. Yeah, but you Show know what? them. Let me tell you, teenagers, it is easier to go and serve at a ministry and spend your time volunteering than it is to talk to your teenager. So but it's your teenager that needs you right now. Uh, more than the ministry, for sure. Yes. Yes. When my teenage son decides, you know, we, we say they're like um, clams, you know, they, they yeah. or oysters. They uh, I think it's clams. They kind of will open up uh-huh. and they start to share. And then like the tiniest little thing, they just clamp back down. So when they are talking, you stop everything and listen. Yes. But that's how we need to be with anyone in our life. And I think just that listening um, doing is easier than loving. And I think taking stock of in your life where you may be doing more instead of just being present, loving, and listening more. The world says that's not enough. All the time it tells us that, that we need to be doing, 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 checking things. Simply sitting. Think about the times you have come before the Lord and just poured out your heart and he has listened and you have felt heard and loved and how 
much that changed your heart. Mm-hmm. We can do, just doing that for others, just listening yeah. to others is showing so much of God's unconditional love. And, you know, I think about recently in the past couple of years, you know, I went through a really hard situation where I was called to care for an elderly family member and nothing about it was grand. Nothing about it was, um, sexy, sexy. Nothing was on a stage. <laughs> nothing was there. There was no one watching. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew it was happening. No That's one. Right. I mean, except for you, you know, a few people knew it was going on, but it's not going to be shouted from the rooftops. That is where the genuine love of God comes. Yeah. Because there are a lot of things I said no to, things that I could have been doing to make social media look so engaging. And look at her. She's, you know, checking all those Christian boxes. She's a super Christian. But instead, I was sitting in a home mm-hmm. with this person. Yeah. And so that to me is, you know, you're going to have those. Every single one of us is going to have that opportunity. You're welcome. <laughs> Where you have to go sit with somebody or you get to go sit with somebody. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first couple months I wasn't really engaging. I was very frustrated. But then I just thought, how can I love this person? And like when I'm 94, how do I want to be loved? How do I want to be heard, seen, cared for? Um, I don't want to be felt like I was a burden, you know? It is a mindset change, I think, because we're constantly told one thing. Yes. And we have to fight it. Yes. That it is true. Think about in what ways do you feel the most loved by God? Mm-hmm. What does he offer you where you feel so loved and that is what you give to others? I love it. That's mm-hmm. a great way to sum it up. Oh, thanks for joining us this week on The Center of the Saint.